What's up, everyone? And welcome back to Cork Stats here on the Mayo Media Network on YouTube with your host, the big dude with the big mouth, the big apple, big Johnny Stud, coming to you worldwide from Brooklyn, New York. As always, Happy New Year. Remember, it's the off-season for some, but not for us. We're going year-round here at the Mayo Media Network, getting you ready for this upcoming 2022 fantasy baseball season, man, I'm coming out the chair. As always, remember, death, taxes, sun rising in the east, setting in the west, bears making their business in the woods, and the big dude up before the crack of dawn every single day to bring you what I hope is the most detailed and comprehensive fantasy baseball breakdowns anywhere. If you're unfamiliar to the network, hey everybody, how you doing? Smash that like button, that's the thumbs up. Make sure you subscribe, and if you like what we're doing here, you could jump on my Cork Stats channel as well. Twice a week we'll be here at MMN, and then that little meat of the sandwich in the middle, I'll be doing my thingy dang dang over at Cork Stats. Everyone, man, we have been hot and heavy working our way through the top SP ranks. We did a couple sleeper breakdowns. I just did a thorough, comprehensive breakdown of last year's American League Cy Young winner, Robbie Ray. I hope you enjoyed it. The feedback has been awesome. Don't be afraid. Get up in the comments. Let me know how I'm doing. Tell me what you want to see, and I'm going to make it happen because I'm here for you, baby. Me, you, and the Cork Stats crew. That's how we do it. So today's topic is something that kind of came to the fore. As I was doing some drafts, you know, I'm a high-stakes fantasy player. I'm going around year-round, all 12 months, and right now it's mostly draft and holds. Those are 50-round rotisserie-style drafts, but they're very good for preparation. And where I'm getting at in this roto format is when you need speed. Now, I like balanced hitters, meaning average, power, speed, but there's only so many of those guys. And what we want to talk about today is if you find yourself at the back end of the first round, I would say those kind of truly balanced hitters dry up at about 9, 10, or 11. Once Shohei Otani, Bryce Harper, and even Kyle Tucker are gone, then you're left with, you know, Mike Trout, who's excellent but doesn't steal. Freddie Freeman, who's excellent but doesn't steal. Mookie Betts, there are some problems with the power profile, and we don't know how much he's going to run. So... I'm here to tackle the question that I had. I always like to leave my first round or first second round turn with a hitter that can steal bases. And I found myself in a bit of a pickle. There's no real hitters there with that ADP. So I don't wait for anyone to do the work for us. We're going to get down and do that thing. So a couple hitters that moved up on my board because of the potential for speed were two outfielders, both young men. Cedric Mullins on the Baltimore Orioles, who's coming off a ridiculously good season, and superstar prospect Luis Robert for the Chicago White Sox, who, you know, was awesome out the box. He did have a hip injury, but then came back and was excellent. So we're going to talk about those two hitters, compare them, if they're worthy of a pick at the end of the first round, which one we prefer, why, and exactly what we expect to get out of them next year. So without any further ado, let's take a look where we always begin at the tail of the tape. Robert does not have the plate appearances for the Savant slider, so don't really worry about it too much. I do have them both up on the board. Robert will be on the left throughout this exercise. Mullins will be on the right throughout. I mean, you're kind of getting what you expect. Lots of skill. Both of these young men are very fast and excellent at baseball. So 
I don't think we're going to find our answer here at the tail of the tape. Let's jump into last year's batting averages. Check out the snazzy custom charts I made for you. Tell you, man, hardest working man in the business. It means a lot to me, not just to read stats. I want people to understand the argument, how we try and create the most compelling case that we're making, and you know why and why we'd get back to do it again. Even if you disagree, I want you to feel like I showed you my work and how I came to that conclusion. So when you look at the batting averages across last year it's really really very close I think the one thing we have to highlight that you see up in the legend is the plate appearances Robert was hurt and only gave us just around 300 opposed to Mullins who got us the full set of 675 on base really very close batting average not so close but in the small set right because of Robert's injury that's the easiest one to see kind of normalizing not that Mullins was bad putting up a 290 last year. The expected batting average is both really good. The same to be said for Slug. However, I want to point your attention to the ex-Slug, where Robert in the, you know, gray opposed to the Oriole orange, has like a 75-point edge in ex-Slug, and we want to keep that in the front of our mind as we get to power. I'm going to walk you through my statistical baskets. I like to look at batting averages. We're going to go through discipline, the elevation metrics, and then batted ball quality again to try and come to this conclusion the best way possible. We have to make it a kind of point not to try and be too definitive, but just put ourselves in the best probabilistic scenario. So I think as even as things do seem to be in the batting averages category, we do see an edge for Robert as far as power. We see that reflected in the X-Log, like I mentioned, but also in the OPS, especially with the ISO being equal. So batting average is pretty equal, but we do have Robert circled for uh, half a notch in power. Let's move on to the disciplinary metrics, which of course I always stress because I feel that they are fully in the hitter's control, right? Around ball and around bat, a millimeter here or there could change the outcome once it's off the bat, we want to focus as much on input stats as we can. And I think here there is a definitive edge for Cedric Mullins. People, uh, very smart prospect people included, were worried about Robert's strikeout profile. Now, he proved to be pretty good, even though, again, Mullins was excellent. Mullins, sub-19% K, just around a 9% walk. When you have a 10% K- minus walk as a hitter, anything right at 10 or less is Excellent. Robert does tend to chase a bit. That's where you see O swing. That chase rate for Mullen is better than average. Robert's is significantly worse, though he is pretty good at in-zone contact. So when he does offer at pitches, this is Robert in the zone, he does make contact. And then again, we see pretty large disparities in both swinging strike and whiff rate with the edge to Mullen. So we kind of have a half a nod in batting average for Robert. We have to give the edge in discipline to Mullins, but... I'm not just going to read stats because context is the name of the game. The devil is always in the details. So check out these charts. These are your rolling averages. Again, Robert on the left, Mullins on the right. What do we notice? I have your K percentage and your in-zone contact rate. That's something that I have correlated the two. We want to see drop in K, but we also want to see the contact rate rise. And it's not just a matter of patience here. So when you see Robert, that K rate is dropping in pretty much with a direct relation to the uh, in-zone contact rate rising. I guess that's an inverse relationship, but they are kind of directly correlated, right? You see one kind of go with the other hand in hand, which is really a huge deal for me, not only because of the age, but because of Robert's 
prior K profile. So when we see those kind of improvements, especially in the age 24 season, I am circling that. And though Mullins did have the edge, we have to look at the trends. And the trend for Robert is looking pretty strong. Mullins' chart is very solid. His discipline is good. And I expect it to remain so. So although the overall has Mullins with the edge and discipline, I do think the trend is heading towards Robert. So if you were worried about that, I'm not sure if I really would be. You see the rolling game K percentage down below 20. If you tell me Robert can post a sub 20 K percent, we shouldn't be worried about the discipline. The very next basket is elevation. Of course, we want the ball lifted as much as possible. I don't know. I guess this one is a little bit of give and take, and, and I think you're going to see why. The ground ball percentages were pretty equal. As long as they're below 40, that's pretty good. Line drive percentages, Robert did have the edge, but I would like to caution people using line drive rates, especially season to season. They can be a little bit wonky. We do want to see them, and the fact that Robert posts a 26% line drive rate is excellent. But that one stat alone, as a standalone, I really don't try to overreact to. We do see Mullins with the edge in fly ball over 41. However, that last grouping is probably just as important, or at least should always be viewed in a pair, something that I don't find always happens. 12% of the fly balls were infield flies. And now I'd like you to keep that in mind when I point you towards the key up top. If you see LA, that's your launch angle. And then if you see SDLA, that's your standard deviation of launch angle. Don't panic. All it means is launch angle tightness. We want the deviation or the difference in elevation to be as small as possible. Think of it this way. Lots of pop-ups and lots of ground balls is a really wide disparity. That would be a high standard deviation. That's not very good. A player that is constantly hitting them tight is what we want. And then, of course, we'd have to compare it with the launch angle. For example, you could have a very good standard deviation of launch angle, but if your average launch angle is too low, yeah, your tightness is there, but you're not going to be doing the damage that we want because your launch angle is in the single digits. So, Both of these hitters have average launch angles above 13, which is good, but you see the standard deviation for Robert is much better than Mullins. Anything below 28 is considered really good. Mullins is over 28 at 29 because of the infield fly rate. So again, I'm not just reading stats. I'm trying to walk you through how one stat relates to another and then eventually how we're going to apply it. So this is another one where we have to give Robert the edge in both tightness and Um, launch angle when you compare the two so I know coming in I try not to have you know predetermined outcomes right I mean that's not very intellectual of me if I did but I'd be lying if I didn't have biases I knew Robert had disciplinary gains I've already started want to say I dispelled them but give any objective and tangible reason why there's you know belief that it's going to change and now as we get into past discipline and into elevation we already mentioned power, which again, we're going to head into now in, in a minute. I, I believe Robert is starting to separate himself. Not something that I expected. In fact, I was about to push Robert into that conversation at the first round turn, but I really wasn't sure of it because I worried about the crazy swing and strike rate and all the Ks and was it going to be there. And again, similar to before with the discipline, I don't want to just read you yearly stats. Let me show you the rolling averages and how those kind of manifested themselves. So, Really what I wanted to point out here, you see ground ball, line drive, and OPS. What you see with Robert is as the ground balls began to become more and more eliminated, right? Where 
That rolling average was above 40 last year. He got it below 40 and kept it there. You see a subsequent rise in OPS. So as long as Robert is keeping the ball off the ground, he is really damaging opposing pitchers. Other side to Mullins on the right side. Again, he's been a bit more steady, but we have also seen again as his ground ball rate has dipped, his OPS has gone up as well. So what I'm getting at is both of these hitters, we want to keep an eye on those elevation baskets and keep an eye on those ground ball rates. I'm not worried about either of them here. And again, I am encouraged by the improvements we've seen from both of them. Let's get into the last basket. That's your batted ball quality. Something that, of course, I know everyone loves, but we really got to be careful not to overweight, right? We don't want to overstress any of these baskets and become reactive. We want to be proactive, right? Building the entire argument before we kind of push our chips into the middle. And here, man, I mean, there is a a true distinct disparity in batted ball quality between the two. Robert has the edge in hard hit rate, 95 mile an hour hard hit rate. His bow rate is 50% higher than Mullins. His blast rate is almost 300% higher. DHH, that's your dynamic hard hit rate, Developed by the inimitable Connor Kay, who now works for the Astros. It's a combination of EV and LA together, right? Exit velocity and launch angle does batted ball quality make. Dynamic hard hit rate is very important, and I believe it's a stat you'll see more and more as we push forward into the future with our understanding of advanced statistics kind of progresses. So... Another tremendous disparity here in dynamic hard hit rate. Robert with a 300% edge. Really not what I expected because, you know, Mullen hit a ton of home runs. I think he had 30 bombs last year. So we're not really thinking of him as lagging in power. And I think against the field, he's not. But I want to take you back up to the key where I provided both expected Woba and expected Woba on contact. 40 points in ex-Woba is a tremendous difference edge to Robert. And 90 points approximately in expected Woba on contact. So that's a really a contact isolated metric just when the bat is on the ball. 467 from Robert is up at the top, top of the league with all the very best hitters. He does as much damage to balls as anybody. Now, Mullins at 380 is not bad. 400 is generally where we want to draw the line for elite. 345 X Woba, again, very good. But it's not at 360 where... The players hit that elite level. So you could probably see where I'm going. And almost there's a bit of surprise here because of the stat lines that we saw from Mullins. And that's why I think it's so important to prioritize input stats over these output stats. Because if you were to just look at the lines, I think Mullin would probably be a smash pick here. And as I kind of work my way through it, again, my biggest concern being discipline. And now that I've kind of squashed some of those concerns, quelled the concerns, maybe just at least a touch, I I really don't see how I could take Mullins here, especially because Robert does offer you steals, and you don't need all the steals in the first round. I generally like to take a a term from my good friend Matty Williams over at NBC Sports Edge, where he talks about a death by a thousand paper cuts, and meaning just don't draft any hitters in Roto Baseball that steal zero. They don't have to steal 30, but even if your power hitters are stealing three, four, five bases, and there's five or six of those guys at four bases apiece, you could be talking about 20 or 25 bases, which we're will definitely be worth at least three or four points in the standing. Again, just the good process of how to think about these things. People write again, like I mentioned at the open, being 
proactive as opposed to reactive, having a plan and knowing that you don't need all the steals. So the power basket definitively goes to Robert, even with the difference in steals. And then I wanted to get into one last thing, as I knew I'd be getting into categories here, is batting average, right? We mentioned that Mullins had the... um, Ability, probably the, uh, the edge there. Even though Robert is better in the small set, they thought the contact and discipline would be better for batting average for Mullins. And I want to bring you into this last chart because we are coming off of hard hit talk. And now we want to get into categories, talking about average. And again, Mullins is really the same, same. You know, his average went with his hard hit rate, but there are always going to be fluctuations. So don't really worry about the rise in 20 to 2021, Mullins took a huge step forward when he lifted that launch angle and started really doing damage to the ball. The thing I wanted to look at, again, was Robert and the improvements. As his hard hit rate, it just rose every game, seemingly, throughout the season, and with it came the average until by the end of the year, he was a 300 hitter. Where you look at Mullins, he tailed off a bit, and as his hard hit rate waned, it kind of sucked the average down as well. Now, I don't think either one of these guys are going to be average sinkholes, but it's our job to take out the electron microscope when we're putting this much draft capital at stake. So again, when we look at the rolling charts, another trend-based edge to Robert. If you were worried about the average sustaining, I would say as long as the hard hit sustains, maintains, so will the average, and there's no evidence that it won't, as long as he's on the field, man, he has been incredible, so, um, I, I, again, I, not to make a, a, such a definitive conclusion, but I almost can't see myself at all taking Mullins over a bear at the back end of the first round, man, if one of them played a different position, I think you could go after both of them, I don't like to start drafts with two outfielders, I feel like there's a depth of that position, I don't like to stress scarcity too much, right? We don't want to take a player just because of position, but two outfielders really can leave you a little short on pitching. Again, as a balanced player, I like to leave with balance across the board. So I want that balance in hitting, but I also want the balance in pitching. The last thing I wanted to get into was just the projections um, really quickly. I do have the steamer projections up here, and they're very close. Games, plate appearances, at-bats, hits, doubles, all extremely similar. Steamer does have Robert for the edge in home runs 30 to 25, and the edge in steals, Mullins has a 26 to 14 edge. I think Mullins 26 might be a bit low. I think Robert's 14 might also be a bit low, but I think it's probably a good idea to be conservative with your steals projections. Then I want to get into the average where Steamer has Robert at 285, you know, so they're seeing exactly what I'm seeing. Him maintaining that high batting average, of course, not going to be 330. I think that would have come down if he would have played all year. They have Mullins at 260, and, you know, I think now I could see why with the lower line drive rate, even with the decent contact rate, but the hard hit rates are not really there to justify a push up in BA. So I wouldn't be surprised if Mullins BA next year probably reflects more of the XBA where Robert hung a 297 XBA last year. Really rear impressive. Again, elite near the top of the board. So, man, I, you know, that's, it's not a bad thing. I was almost about to apologize that I was choosing Robert over Mullins, knowing myself personally that when I came in, I liked Mullins. And I was actually speaking to other analysts behind the scenes saying, shouldn't he be 
the 14th overall player or the 15th overall player. If you're going to get average, you're going to get home runs, you're going to get steals, you're going to get runs, maybe um, a bit short on ribbies, but that's okay for a leadoff hitter. Again, something you could find. Ribbies are part of that power basket. That's probably a bit more of in abundance, more so than the other categories later on. But yeah, I just, I got to go with Robert in this one. As long as that young man is on the field, he is excellent and has a chance to easily return value on the first round pick and you know, produce in all five categories. As far as Mullins go, I think I'm a bit short on the power as compared to where I was, let's say, coming into the exercise. You know, we always think there could be a little bit more. He's only 27, and we wonder, oh, maybe if he unlocks a, a bit more. And I think where I'm getting at with Mullen's power is, I think we saw the ceiling, and it took him 650 plate appearances to get there. It's always hard to ask for that to repeat. I do think 550 to 600 is fully in the range of outcomes, but... Without 647, can he get to 30? And then with all the input stats, hard hit, barrel, and all the blast rates that I mentioned, I'm not sure that they meet up to a player that's going to really run pure enough to be efficient enough to give you all those home runs. So if you find yourself at the back of the first round looking for balance in Roto Baseball, cue up this video and I got you back, everyone. Thanks so much for sticking around and watching this episode of Cork Stats on the Mayo Media Network. Please Get in there, in the comments. Please subscribe. Please hit the like button because in the algorithmic world that we live in, those things really do matter. Don't be shy, man. Tell Patty Maya how good of a job I'm doing and what great of a hire it was. But all kidding aside, I appreciate your time. Thank you for spending it with me. Hey, everybody. When you work this hard, it feels a lot less like luck, if you know what I'm saying. I catch you on the flip side. Enjoy those Luis Robert shares. No hate to Mullins. If you end up in the middle of the second round, you snatch him there. That'll do it, everybody. I catch you on the flip side. Peace.